Hello, folks. Welcome back to the BH Drum Pod presented by BHDrumAcademy.com. My name is Ben Hodges, and we're back for another episode. Today, I am talking about one of the most important things about getting better at anything, and that is practice. We're always told to practice, 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 or what you don't make perfect unless you practice. Or if we have to get better, the only way to get better is by practicing. And that is completely true. Um, When you're learning an instrument or you're learning anything in general, practicing it and practicing your skills to perfect it or to really fine in on the skills is an essential part of learning. So uh, just like anybody who is Uh, doing math or someone who is learning a new language or learning an instrument like the drums, practicing is very important. Now, today, um, we are going to talk about what do you actually need to do in a practice and how do you practice? Those are two big questions that I get a lot. And when I'm making lessons for my classes as I'm teaching and also as I'm teaching drum lessons, I follow a same magical formula that I've came up with um, that is going to structure every practice that you do uh, to be very successful at reaching your goals. Um, so lots of times I get asked the question, well, what do I physically do at a practice? And how do you actually like plan this time? So you, let's say, you, for example, you have one hour of time that you are set aside to do some practicing. What should be involved in that particular practice? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, before we get started, some things you might want to consider um, to make practice successful for you. Um, one of them is where do you have in terms of space to practice? Like where are you going to be practicing? Are you practicing in your garage? Are you practicing on your drums inside your house at a studio? Um, do you have some space that you can practice in? Um, how much time can you commit in a typical week to practice? Um, one thing I've I've get asked as well is like how much time should I be committing uh, per practice? Um, some people suggest, oh, I should be practicing like at least one hour every single day. Um, some people say I got to practice at least three hours every single day. Uh, some people can't even commit a lot of time to practicing an instrument. They say I'm really busy. I've got a job. I've got a life. I got take care of kids or I've got all these commitments. And that's totally a human response for me. Um, I, I mean, I'm a teacher on the side as well, and I've got to create some time in my already busy schedule um, to practice and work on my skills. Uh, even the professionals, even the pro drummers um, all practice at some time. They have to be able to practice um, their skills if they want to be able to to do something that they intend to do. So um, lots of people ask me, how much time do you need to commit per week uh, on a practice? And I think if you can even get to about 15 minutes uh, as a bare minimum, about 15 minutes, at least five times a week, you'll be on the right path to getting better. Um, And anything more than that is excellent. Now, uh, another thing you want to consider about is what equipment do you have to practice on? What equipment do you have? Uh, Do you have a drum pad? Do you have a drum kit? Do you have a practice pad? Do you have an electric drum kit? Do you have pots and pans? Um, The equipment that you have to practice on is something you want to consider as well, because that's going to guide your thinking. 
And lastly, one more thing to think about is what are your goals? What are you hoping to achieve with your practice? What is the big end result or the finish line? Why are you practicing so much? What is it you're hoping to get done? So these are things that you all want to consider um, before we start to make a structured practice practice plan. Pardon me, practice practice plan. Now, uh, to help with some of these problems or barriers that might come up, like for example, I have don't have enough time or drums are too loud. I get that problem a lot. I can't practice because my neighbors or the people that I live with um, complain about the noise. And that is a common uh, reality for anyone who plays the drums. My partner, I'm lucky enough to have a partner that's pretty supportive with uh, my playing of my drums. Um, but there are times when he, uh, she goes, Ben, I really don't want you playing on the drums today. It's really loud and I need to get some stuff done. And that's a common reality. So it, it involves a little bit of pre-planning with who you're around and when you're doing it and where you're going to do it. And that's part of the game. It's kind of like any learning any instrument or anything ever. Um, you want to make sure that you have the scenario um, set up right. So maybe one thing that might help is communicating to the people who might be involved or uh, your supports, um, making sure that everything is set into place for you to succeed as best as you can. Um, some other things to help is um, certain products even exist so that it can um, greatly increase your chance of good practicing. So, for example, some uh, there are some things called drum mutes or dampeners mm -hmm. that people can put onto their drums um, so that uh, it doesn't make too much noise or it greatly reduces the amount of noise that it comes that goes with. Sometimes people avoid practicing because the drums and the instrument make too much noise. And these drum mutes and drum pads are great solutions to this problem. Um, another option is um, getting an electric drum kit and they're perfect for practicing, but they can be very costly. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I own both an acoustic drum kit, which is a real drum kit and an electric drum kit. Um, and, uh, I use the electric drum kit for purely practicing when I cannot, uh, play the real drum kit, um, because it's too loud. And I also take it to any time I jam with some other musicians at other places. It saves a lot of people's ears sometimes, especially in smaller rooms. Although my personal preference is to play with the big acoustic drum kit, but the electric drum kit is nice for and convenient. Um, for any time that you need for practicing or lower volume stuff. I would never really use an electric kit for live shows in, in, my, in my situation. I know some people do, um, but it is purely meant for practicing and also to teach drum lessons uh, with for all my students. So um, some other some, that's another option there. Now, if you can't afford an electric drum kit, I know, I'm not asking you to go buy one, um, but I know renting is an option. Um, that you can do as well. And there's also things like practice pads, like the small little uh, rubber practice pads that people can use. I've seen people play on pillows before um, while they're watching TV. There are some other options that you can do to try and re greatly reduce the volume. Um, and that kind of goes to this theme of, um, do you actually need a drum kit to practice? Um, you don't really need a drum kit to practice um, but it, although it's pretty preferred because that's the closest to the real thing, 
Um, and especially for what the intent is, like, for example, if you're planning on playing a live show, you want to practice on your drum kit so you know what it feels like and how it goes. Um, and uh, you don't really want to practice too much on pillows if you're trying to work towards that. But uh, when in doubt and you're not don't have a thing to do or you don't have a place to play or it's too loud, you can actually practice without a drum kit. That is totally fine. Now, let's talk about structuring your practice and how to write your own practice plan. Um, some things that all practices should involve. So let's say you're, you're about to practice for drums. What is it that you're going to include in this practice? Um, I know when I was young and when I started to learn the drums, um, I chose only one thing that I did for practicing. And that was to learn songs. I wanted to learn, be able to play my favorite songs. And that's all I did. I would just get my, at that time it was an iPod. <laughs> I would get an, my iPod and I have all my sweet tunes on it. And I would just put in my headphones and I just try and play along with the songs as best as I possibly could. And that's how I practiced. I didn't do anything specific. I didn't have any exercise books. I just tried to match whatever was playing on that iPad, iPod. I didn't pause it and and uh, work on like specific parts of songs. I didn't do any specific exercises. That was that was kind of how I did things, and that was a really corrupt way of practicing, because I was only uh, working on one specific thing, and that was just what I wanted to learn and what I needed to learn. I was putting a lot of pressure on on this, and my measure of if I was getting better or success was that if I knew how to play the song front to back without listening to the song. And that was how I did things. Now I've learned a lot over the course of, uh, of the course of many, many years at learning my instrument. And um, I've spent a lot of time in with coaching and not only just sports, but uh, and physical education as a teacher, but also as an instrument. And I've learned, spent a lot of time on figuring out how people learn. So one thing that um, when you're structuring your practice and you're writing your own practice plan about drumming, something that should be involved in your practice plan, number one, is a warm-up. You want to be able to get wake up your muscles and wake up your nerves and wake up your brain so that your body performs the best. So a warm-up. A portion of your practice should go towards working on your goals as well. So what are you hoping to um, get at the end? What is your finish line? What are you hoping to achieve by this practice? So a small portion of your practice should be working towards your goals. A small portion um, should be specific to what you want to or need to learn. And that could be the songs part, like you want to learn some songs or you have to learn these songs to be, play with your band. That can be go towards that. A portion of your practice should promote improvisation and creativity as well. As, as a drummer, it's you're expressing yourself through the beats that you play or the grooves that you play, and you want to be able to improvise. You don't want to be very cookie cutter and do the same thing over and over again. You want to be able to express yourself confidently with the drums. And so part of your practice should promote this. Drums, as well as part of your practice, should be fun as well, a fun and successful part. You want to be ending every practice with a part that is fun and successful. You want to leave that every practice of, yeah, I did something today, not 
ah, I suck. <laughs> That's not how you want to do things. And lastly, one of your, uh, another thing that should be involved in some of your practicing should be some behind the scenes stuff, like behind the scenes learning, whether that means you are learning about the instrument, um, like for example, drums, maybe you could learn about how to tune your drums or learning about the parts of the drum. Um, you could be doing some critical listening to some music. Maybe there's a song that you're trying to learn. And so you listen to a music, uh, a song and you're like, Okay, let's focus on what is the bass drum doing in this song? Or what is the snare doing in this song? Or what is the hi-hat pattern in this song? Those are some critical listening exercises that's really important to um, improving your drumming. You've got to be able to learn also behind the scenes, not just on the drums, but behind the scenes. So I've listed a ton of things that should be involved in a practice. Now, to help you think and to help you uh, plan a practice, I've come up with this great three-step practice structure. And these three steps are what I plan every single practice for. And I highly encourage you to steal my ideas and to structure your own practices in the same order. Every practice that I do, I split the practice into three equal parts three equal parts. So for example, if I have a one hour practice, I would split the practice into three parts. So three 20 minute parts, 20 times three is 60 minutes. If I had a practice that was only 30 minutes, I would split the practice into 10 minutes times three. If I had a practice that was three hours, I would split the practice into one hour, one hour, one hour. And you can see how I'm splitting this. I'm splitting it divided by three. The first part of this practice is called technique, maintenance, and warm-up. The second part is the learning part. And the third part is called the application to music. So the first part, again, technique, maintenance, and warm-up. The second is called learning part. And the third part is called application to music. Now, let's start with the first part of the practice. The first third is the technique, maintenance, and warm-up. What is that? So I'm going to explain to you now what this part is. Now, the technique, maintenance, and warm-up part is the time that we use in a practice to wake up your brain and your nerves. It's kind of like booting up your computer and preparing it for the work that it's going to do. Or in a physical exercise setting, you're doing a warm-up so that you're preparing your muscles um, and preparing your body for the work that's about to be happening so that you feel confident, you feel ready, and you can perform as best as your body can possibly do. Uh, this is sometimes given a, a, a slang term called muscle memory, but there's no such thing because muscles don't have brains. Uh, your brain has all the memories and your brain has automatically uh, created a bunch of these little programs and your brain basically just sends the signal down to the right parts of your body so that it can tell what parts of the body to move. Now, when we're cold and we're not warmed up, um, sometimes the communication between the brain and the certain parts of our hands and our body um, don't really work as fast as we want it to. So this is why we warm up. Um, we use a lot of our central nervous system or um, our brain and our nerves and our spine. We use a lot of that when we're drumming. So it's important that we try and get our brain and our body alert. And what we do 
is we do things like a warm-up exercises. Maybe we do some rudiments. Um, we do some rudiments on the practice pad. We do we play some drum beats that we're very familiar with, and we're really emphasizing proper t- technique, proper uh, hand technique and foot technique, uh, timing. We're doing things that we remember and we can do very, very well. It is not the time to introduce something very difficult or brand new. Okay, so that's what the first part is. It's uh, a warm up and maintenance, remembering how things go and really emphasizing your technique. And we're doing this for a good chunk of time so that our brain can communicate to our muscles very, very well. The second part of our practice is going to be called the learning part. Now, the rule of thumb is if you want to get better at something, you have to commit some time to it and work it often. Okay, so you have to work it often enough. Repetition in this part is very, very key. Now, in the learning part, you are going to be introducing something that is brand new, whether it's an exercise from an exercise booklet or some of the video lessons, or perhaps it's a brand new song that you've never played before and you're trying it for the first time. This part should be very challenging to you. And very often, when you're practicing this part, you may often mess up or you may fail at trying to do something, but you should maybe take it slow, work at slower BPMs, slower beats per minute, and take it piece by piece, chunking it all together, kind of like an assembly line, and you are working at getting it to all work together. It's going to take some time, might take some frustration, um, but this is a part where you're going to be challenged with something new. Okay, and repeating yourself is very, very key here. Lastly, the third part is called the application to music. This is where you can apply the things that you just practiced into your music or the things that you're going to be doing with the drums. So a common thing that many people do is they put on a metronome at a comfortable tempo and play around with drum beats and grooves. And they try to implement and try to put in there into the drum beats and grooves, what you were just working on in the learning part, the second part of your port of your practice. So for example, if you are working on this uh, new drum fill, maybe you, uh, this person might play the drum beat a couple measures, a couple bars, and then they try to put in there the drum fill that they were just working on at certain tempos. Um, some people try to pl- implement this and experiment with their like improv and creativity um, by putting this into songs that they already know. Maybe they play a song and they are trying to put this new drum fill into a song to make it spicy or different for that. I know some people uh, also play along with drumless tracks or drumless songs and there's a ton of them you can find on youtube um, and where you can play along with um, songs that do that the drums were removed from them and people just play along with those parts and adding their own drums so they don't have something to follow but they can add their own creativity their own flavor and spice to it Um, If you're needing to learn new songs as well, um, and you need to play these new songs, and that's maybe part of what your goal is, is to learn a bunch of songs, this part is is important for, can be used for that as well. So this is where the application to music would involve, is now you're working on those new songs. Okay, so that is something where you can can always improve. Um, Always, you should always 
end the practice with some success though. Put on some of your favorite songs, play along. Um, if you don't have one, play a popular song um, and kind of add your own flavor to it. This is the part at the last part, the application of music. This is the last part where you're trying to build some a little bit of success and add in what you just learned. So we have, that's all three. That's the three-step formula that I use to plan practices of what I practice and how I practice. So it's called the technique maintenance and warm up, And that's where you're doing some, some things that you remember how to do and you can do very well to wake up your body and your brain. The learning part where you're doing something that's brand new and challenging and the application to music where you're taking that something challenging and applying it to things that you already know or uh, new songs that you need to play and also beats and grooves and how you make it flow naturally. So you're just kind of combining it all together and smoothing out the wrinkles. Now, keep in mind, that's my this is the, my three-step method. And am I perfect with this three-step method all the time? No, I'm not. To be honest, I'm not. Every practice plan is totally personalized. It depends on what you need right now or what you want to happen. And it's adapted to your own situations, whether it's equipment, whether it's the time that you have, or like maybe you're rushed with a deadline. Like I have to learn these songs by this date because I have this gig or this show by this time. Um, but this is this practice plan, it, it doesn't have to be set in stone, but it's going to give you a guide. It's going to give you a really big guide in creating your own practice plan and your schedule. So I highly recommend if you are struggling to figure out what I practice and how do you practice, I've given you some things in this podcast to think about. I've given you some things to consider like where to practice and how much time you're going to commit or what you have or what your goals are. I've given you some solutions to some common problems uh, like being too loud or time. And I've given you also a three-step practice structure that you can create every practice with, how you can organize your practice. I highly recommend not just sitting down at the drums and saying, I'm going to wing it today. I'm going to be able to just sit down and figure out what I'm doing. Planning a practice or having a plan is going to give you so much more success um, in, in, in any of this stuff. Um, I know this from seeing it as a teacher in phys ed. Uh, quite often, um, our school is lucky enough that we have a, a weight room in our school. And quite often when you have someone who's a lot as experienced in the weight room, they come into the weight room and they just walk around and, hmm, what do I feel like doing today? I feel like doing this exercise. And feel like doing this exercise. And then often they spend a lot of time more thinking about what they're doing rather than following a plan. And it's taking away a lot of their confidence when they're just trying to figure out what it's doing. Having a good plan is going to give you a road, a roadmap to getting to your goals. Not having a plan is going to take you off the beaten path and maybe get you lost a few times. So having a plan is really important to your practicing. Now, if you want to talk more about this, feel free to send me a message on BH Gem Academy. You can connect with me on Instagram at, at, at BH Gem Academy. You can send me an email at bhgemacademy.outlook.com. Uh, uh, you can connect with you through my website, but I love being able to help people with creating a practice plan. And if you want to see examples of, of some of my practice plans, feel free to connect with me uh, through my website. And I'm happy to send any of those things to you. Or if you want me to send, uh, create some practices for you or practice plans or lessons, 
I'm happy to do that. You just got to connect with me through bhgmacademy.com. Um, so thank you very much for listening. I hope that you've learned a few things about some practicing. And uh, I really hope that this helps you structure your practice and give you the tools and confidence that you need to succeed. So until next time, friends, thanks very much. This has been another episode of BH Drum Pod uh, presented by BH Drum Academy. Uh, we will talk to you in the next episode.